Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. We are the faith house. Thank you, Lord. And tonight, if you would please, open your Bibles to the 11th chapter of the book of Hebrews, the great faith chapter. I remember so well when Gloria and I accepted Jesus and she got saved. Two weeks later, I got saved. And, and uh, <clears throat> both of us scripturally literates. And so I just, you know, I just started reading the New Testament. And I was shocked that Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all told the same story. I said, look, <laughs> look at this. <laughs> well, I got over to the 11th chapter of, of the book of Hebrews. The, 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 the book of Hebrews was startling to me. Because uh, it, it, it seemed to me like the whole Bible in one book. And particularly when I got to this 11th chapter, now faith is. So this is what faith is. The substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. For by it, by faith, the elders obtained a good report. And through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God. So that things, there's things again, things which are seen were not made of things which do appear, or they were not made of visible things or something you could see. Now, I've, I've heard over the years, different ones uh, say, well, you know, God made all of this universe out of nothing. No, I didn't say He made it out of nothing. He said He made it out of something that you can't see. Amen. So, this and you go down to the sixth verse, this is so, it, it's stunning to me, it's astonishing to me, it, it gives me um, it, it gives me a focal point of how important faith is. Look at this. Without faith it is impossible. To please God. My, my, that puts, that puts faith in a special place, doesn't it? Yes, sir. So this is worth studying. Hallelujah. Now, right on the other hand, you just you pick that up and look at it like this. It's always possible to please God with faith. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So that in itself is a thrill. In fact, it just did. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Now then. This kind of faith, the faith that the Bible is, is talking about and is built around, of course, we know it began when God created the heaven and the earth, and He did it with faith-filled words. But this is what Jesus was speaking about when He said, have the faith of God in Mark eleven twenty two, 22. Or have the God kind of faith. So, let's go 
to the um, to, to John's Gospel, the twentieth chapter. This is a picture. Let's call it this. This is a profile of human or natural faith. Now, everybody, every human being has the ability to believe something. He has to have. I mean, you, you, can't, li- you can't get around in this, this earth without having that ability. You came in here tonight and didn't get a second thought about sitting down in that chair. Because you've experienced that, you know that chair will hold you up. It would have been a shock to you had the chair dumped you. Amen. Because you had faith it would hold you. And you knew you you better believe what you see. Particularly when you're in traffic. Amen. So that's natural human faith. Everyone has it, and it is very, very important. Now, this is the profile in John 20 of natural human faith, and it, and it's dangerous. It's dangerous in the place where faith in God is necessary. This will get you killed. Now, let, let's notice this in verse 24. Thomas One of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, Except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails, put my finger into the print of the nails, thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. So this is an act of His will. The will is part of the soul. The mind, the will, and the emotions. And if they're not renewed by the Word of God, then this is what you're going to get. Now. Let's, let's follow this. Now, I, 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 for a moment here, I don't want to get away from the act of the will. The will of man stands between his spirit and his mind. If the, if the will isn't fed and renewed on the Word and constantly, continually meditating on the Word of God, then there will be no will power. You're a weakling to the flesh. Amen. All right, now. After eight days again, his disciples were within and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut. That's good, and it just walked through the wall, brother. I mean, that'll work. Come on in, Jesus. <laughs> I like that. <clears throat> oh, I could camp there, but I no. Yes, sir. Okay. Now, the doors being shut, stood in the midst and said, "Peace be unto you." Then 
He said to Thomas, Reach here your finger, and behold my hands. Reach here your hand, and thrust it into my side. May I make a, an observation here that you can, it's a little nugget you can put in your bag and put in your pocket. You can see the holes in his hands. You can see daylight through his hands. Thomas stuck his finger in there. Amen. Yet, <laughs> he can pick something up without it falling through. That's good, isn't it? Okay. All right. <laughs> here's, another, here's, here's another observation. Jesus could have walked right down the streets of Jerusalem and done nothing but held up his hands and the whole city would have followed him and there wouldn't have been 10 cents worth of faith in the whole place. All of them died and gone to hell. If that's all they had. All right. Reach here your finger. Behold my hands. Reach here your hand thrust it into my side. Now notice what he said to him. Be not faithless. So what he was doing is totally faithless. Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord, my God. Well, he's still faithless. Amen. Jesus said, Thomas, because you've seen me, you have believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. The faith of Abraham that releases the blessing of Abraham is blessed are they that have not seen yet have believed. That's the faith of Abraham. And you notice that is the way the blessing is released. Blessed are they. Blessed are they. That, that's where the blessing starts. You can't, you can't walk in Abraham's blessing with Thomas's faith. It, they, they, they never will come together. All right. Now then, let's go over then and look at, let's look at the, the profile in uh, Romans chapter 4 of the faith of God, the God kind of faith. Verse 16, Therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace. Now that's, that settles something for us right there. It didn't say it's by grace so that it might be by faith. It is by faith so that it might be by grace. Grace is the point. Amen. Now that's the reason that it's impossible to please God without the faith. Because He's trying to get the grace to you and you're not hooked up. Amen. Grace of course, we know that's unmerited favor and, and so forth. My, my heartfelt definition of, 
of, of grace is God's overwhelming desire to treat you like sin never happened. Hallelujah. But without faith, you can't get there. With faith, you can always get there. Not only that, you can walk in the light of it. Praise God. Now, therefore it is faith, so that it might be by grace. To the end, the promise might be sure to all the seed. Not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. Before him, now my cross reference says, or like unto him, either translation is good, but the truth of it is both together. Like God in the presence of God. So he's acting like God in God's presence. And it didn't upset God a bit. (laughs) You know, come on, man, act like me. Glory to God. So, I have made thee the father of many nations. Like God and before him whom he believed, even God who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were, who against hope believed in hope that he might become father of many nations according to that which was spoken. Now what was he believing? What was spoken. Not what he could feel or see. He's believing what was spoken. So shall thy seed be, and being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body, now dead. Well, you can see the absolute difference between he and Thomas. Thomas said, I will not. I will not believe anything unless I consider my body. And and just exactly the opposite, Abraham considered not his own body, now dead, when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God. Now, whoa, wait a minute. To the end that the promise might be sure to all the seed. So there are some promises that without the God kind of faith, they're so good and so big you're going to stagger. There's some staggering stuff in here, man. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, I mean, see, I'm wanting to get right over, about about right over here. It gets really good right about here. But I'm wanting to jump over there. Amen. Glory to God. I've already preached me happy. I was doing pretty good when I got here. Glory to God. Being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the the deadness of Sarah's womb. 
Now the deadness of her womb already got them in trouble once. So that, that's, you, you, you could imagine, this, 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 is, this is a big thing in, in the realm of his mind and, and the things that he sees because he's hoping against hope. There's no hope for this to happen. How can you hope to have a baby at this age with that old woman? Who never could have a baby anyway? I mean, you think she's changed after 90 years? Come on, man. Amen. No, he hoped against hope. Let's put it this way. He expected this to happen in the face of the fact that there's no hope for it to happen. Now hope is in place. All he needs is some substance here. And faith is the substance of things hoped for. I told you it gets <clears throat> Now, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. Now, let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Very familiar scripture, but it needs to be read and looked at carefully in the context of where we are right now. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and uh, verse 6, Therefore, we are always confident. Man, I like that. We are always confident, knowing while we're at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. Now, why are we confident of this? For we walk by faith and not by sight. We walk, we don't stagger at these promises. We're giving God glory. We're strong in the Lord. Praise God. And we are confident knowing. We know something. Glory to God. We're not guessing. We're not hoping this is true. We hoped it was true when we found out about it. Well, man, hey, we're going way past that. This has got substance in our lives. Amen. Now, we walk by faith, not by sight. Okay, now in the fourth chapter, let's look at the 18th verse. Well, let's read down into it, verse 16. For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Now faith is an inward man issue, not an outward man issue. We've looked at one man that his outward man was the most important thing in his life. And here we're looking at Abraham and his outward man didn't even count anymore. Amen. Two absolute opposites. Now, I know this. Thomas got fixed. So don't call him Doubting Thomas. Don't not, hey, uh-uh. 
You have to remember he is one of the 12, so <laughs> don't be doing that. <laughs> so study your history and find out about him. Nah, man, he got it straight. Praise God. That's exciting. Now, <laughs> for this cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. But that only works while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal, and those are the things that God created this universe. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. I hope or I have a desire to be strong in my body. In fact, I'm just going to, I'm going to talk to you from personal experience here now. I have a desire to be strong in my physical body and I hope I must have it but I'm nearly 80 years old. Uh-oh. <laughs> and sometimes I feel right close to 80 years old. <laughs> Amen. But I don't have time to do that. I don't have time to quit. I sure don't have time to die. <laughs> so I hope to be stronger. I hope this. This is my desire. But just hoping it doesn't have any substance to it. So now, go with me to Isaiah chapter 40. Verse 28, Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard, that the everlasting God, the Lord, the Creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary, there is no searching of His understanding. He gives power to the faint, and to them that have no might, He increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and young men shall utterly fall. So the devil comes in and tells me I'm too old. Well, now, in, in the business I'm in and in the business you're in, young people faint too. Without the power of God. So now that, that, that gave me some hope here, folks. <laughs> Amen. So I'm seeing here, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to wind up stronger than the kids. But they that wait upon the Lord. Now, the word translated wait 
means to expect, to trust, amen, to expect this and to trust Him for it and hope. Now, that word means hope. They that hope in Him. Now, I have now gained some real Bible hope. You hear people say, well, you know, uh, I I, I sure would like to see you at the healing service tonight because I believe if you come, I, I believe your healing is there. Well, I sure hope so. No, that's not Bible hope. That's wishing. And it's wishy washy. But now, real Bible hope. See, Abraham had real Bible hope. He had he had hope from God because he had a promise. And so his hope, he was fully persuaded God was able to do it. So now he's expecting him to do it, and then he said it, and it came to pass. There's the process right there, right there. Now then. They that hope, expect, and trust upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Now, wait a minute. I just read where the inward man is renewed day by day. Now something's renewing here in the outward man. Something's happening here to get the two together. Because the inward man has this spiritual life of God in him. And my outer man needs it. I'm hoping. Well, we're just a hoping and a praying. Well, you ain't gonna get anything. <laughs> no, just hoping and praying won't do. It's believing and praying. <laughs> Whatsoever thing you desire when you pray, believe you receive, not hope you receive. You were hoping to receive it when you started. Okay. They that hope, expect, and trust upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up with wings as eagles. They will run and not be weary. They will get on the treadmill and not faint. (laughs) Now, I have a promise. I have, my hope now has substance. Because I put that in my heart, I believe it, and I say it with my mouth. Now I have connected to the Father within who is that strength. Hallelujah. Now, let's, let's look quickly because I, I, I want to make sure we have a scripture foundation for this. Romans 10, 6 through 17, Romans 12, 1 through 3, 1 John 5, 1 through 5, and Ephesians 2, 8, all establish the fact that every born-again believer has faith from the moment he or she accepts Jesus as Lord and Savior. Because the faith that received the grace that got you born again was a gift from God. Hallelujah. Now, uh, yeah, thank you, Lord. 
2 Thessalonians 3, 2. Let's turn and look at that. Second Thessalonians 3, 2. That, well, let's read the first verse. <clears throat> Brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified, even as it is with you, and pray that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, for all men have not faith. All right, let's, go, let's look at that scripture then from Romans 10. And then you can study those other references. Oh, no, 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 excuse me, Romans 12. Let's go to Romans 12. Verse 3, For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Well, now we just found out there's some men that don't have faith. So he's talking about he has dealt to every man among you. That's what he just said. To every man among you, not to think more highly of himself, as God has, has dealt to every man among you the measure of faith. So every born-again child of God, amen. Well, yeah, let's go back to Romans 10. <laughs> because here, here we are again. The, the Bible process of releasing the God kind of faith. Verse 9. Oh, no, no, let's back up. <laughs> He wanted to cut corners, and the Lord said, no, I don't do that. All right. Verse 6, the righteousness which is of faith speaks on this wise. Uh-huh, so righteousness which is of faith speaks. So without faith, righteousness doesn't speak. You are the righteousness of God, and you speak by faith. Say not in your heart, Who shall ascend into heaven that is to bring Christ down from above? I've been guilty of that myself, particularly back when I first got saved. I didn't know anything about this. And, oh, oh God, oh, if, if you could just, oh, Jesus, if you could just put your hand on my, my head. What am I trying to do? I'm trying to see something. I'm trying to feel something. And I'm calling him down. And, and there are people that spend a whole lot of time doing that. Who shall ascend into heaven to bring Christ down from above? Who shall descend into the deep that is to bring him again from the dead. What does it say? Faith, righteousness which is of faith, says the word 
is nigh me, even in my mouth, the word of faith which I preach or which I declare, that if you will confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Now listen, for with the heart, the inward man, the hidden man of the heart, for with the heart man believes. With the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Or you could say it like this, with the heart man believes, with his mouth he receives. Amen. So now, here it is, the very first act of salvation was believing and saying. There, there, there it lies on the firm foundation, both declarations. One, the faith came when you got born again. Amen. It wasn't a one-time thing. And you got it by believing it and saying it. Praise God. Ah, that's enough shout right out there. So now we found out that faith is the substance of things hoped for. We found out who has it, every born-again believer. Now, let's see who can use it. Let's go to Mark 11, praise God. And Jesus said there in verse 22, have faith in God, or like we said, have the God kind of faith, for verily I say unto you that whosoever, glory to God, amen, whosoever believeth on him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Well, that whosoever was for me, amen. Well, then, I did that, I whosoever that, and this whosoever here is for me. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he says. So this kind of faith believes in the heart, does not doubt in the heart. We just read that in Romans 10. This inner man believes and does not doubt in the heart. And then says, and believes what he just said that he believed is coming to pass. Amen. Amen. Now, let's check this out. Let's go to Mark 5.
Let's look first at the woman with the issue of blood, and then we'll look at Jairus. So let's begin. Uh, verse 25, a certain woman which had an issue of blood for twelve years, and had suffered many things of many physicians, and had spent all that she had, was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, so now it's obvious, she said before she got in the street. Huh? Look at it again, because we need to capture this thought and the image of it at this moment. When she heard of Jesus, she came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, or we could say that, for she had said, If I may but touch his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of the, her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. Now you notice she didn't feel it and then say it. Uh-uh. Never would have happened that way, because it wasn't going to happen. And, and uh, I, I was doing broadcast with Rick Renner, and he pointed out to me that when Jesus said, Behold of this plague, that you, you, if you read that Greek text, you, you find out that this was a recurring thing. It just, she thinks she's doing a little better, and then here he'd come back, and here he'd come back. And this one was bleeding to death. Well, not only that, I mean, she spent everything she has. There's no telling, no telling what the doctors had done to her. No telling. So she is in a terribly, terribly weak, depleted situation. Her body is weak, weak, weak. My spiritual father, Oral Roberts, talked about this a lot, about faith coming to a climax. Well, think about that. You hope to be healed, but then you heard something. You, she was hoping to be healed the reason she went to those doctors. I mean, come on, the hope been there a long time. But now she heard something about Jesus, and now she's stepping over into some Bible hope, some real, some expectancy, not just wishing and I just sure would like to be. No, no, no. She's beginning to expect it. She is spending some time in, in her house, wherever she is, where she had to leave and go get in that crowd. She has spent enough time there where hope is building. Hope is building. 
expectancy, trust in God. It's, all, it's building up. It's building up. And faith is coming. Faith is coming. Faith is coming, man. I'm telling you, the more she thinks about Jesus, the more she hears about Him, the, 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 I mean, it's just getting stronger. It's getting stronger. What's happening? Substance is being fed to the hope. Now, she's not in the street yet. But she finally came to a place where she, you know, she's crawling around in that little room and about to die, thinking about dying. But all of a sudden, she's thinking about getting well. She's thinking about getting stronger. Glory to God, something's happening on the inside of her. She finally said, if I don't touch anything but his clothes, I'll be healed. Where is he? That's what happens when substance comes. Hallelujah. See, everything, all the miracles are in the glory. They're in the glory realm. And faith is the substance of that glory. Hallelujah. Mm, mm, mm. Now, Jesus immediately knowing in himself. Now, now, keep the concept going. Jesus immediately knowing in himself that Dunamis had gone out of him, turned in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? His disciples said to him, You see the multitude thronging you and you say, Who touched me? He looked round about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. That's how we found out how many doctors she went to. That's how we found out how long it's been. That's how we find out what a mess she is in. But she not only told all the bad stuff, she told what happened to her over there in her little room. She told about hearing about Jesus. Sir, I heard about you. I mean, there people been coming by and telling me about you and telling me the things that you've been saying. And I don't know. Oh, something just, oh, dear God, here it is again. Yeah, man. Hallelujah. Woo, glory. Amen. So she told him all that. Now, <laughs> he said to her, daughter, your faith made you whole. Go in peace. Oh, don't, don't, don't let that phrase, don't let that fall. Go in shalom. Nothing missing. Nothing broken. That got her money back, brother, right there. <laughs> Hallelujah. Not just her body fixed. Oh, glory to God. Go back to the big house. Glory to God. Everything going to be all right, baby. Mm-mm-mm. Be, go in, go in shalom. And be, doesn't that sound like God? Like be. Be whole 
of that plague. Now, while he yet spake, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain, which said, your daughter's dead. It's all over. Don't trouble the rabbi anymore. Your daughter's dead. Now, we saw what the woman did. Let's back upstream now. And let's look. I get back over here in the right place. <clears throat> Verse 21. When Jesus was passed over again by ship unto the other side, much people gathered unto him, and he was nigh unto the sea. And look, there comes one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, and when he saw him, he fell at his feet. and besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. I pray you, come and lay your hands on her, that she may be healed, and she will live. Well, now, it, it's no stretch for me to put him in the same situation that the woman was in before he left the house. But now this man has done more than hear about Jesus. He is a leader of the synagogue. He's heard all things about kind of things about Jesus, some good and a lot bad. And, and he's had a lot working on his mind because he just taken his whole career in his hand and just threw it at the shore of that lake. But somewhere in there, somewhere in his meditating on the scriptures, somewhere in his thinking about what Jesus is doing and what's happening around him, somewhere in there, something happened on the inside of him. He came to the place where he began to expect and trust and hope in this Jesus. He don't know him. He, he, but, but, but he's heard of him and somehow or another he, he, he began in, in walking around his baby's sick bed and talking to his wife and, and they're talking about it. I, I, I tell you, baby, I believe it. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, let me tell you what they said about him now. Let me tell you what's, a, you, you remember, you remember, you remember sister so-and-so? She was down there. She was in that meeting over there. She, she, hey, let me tell you what happened to her. I, I, I believe in this man. Well, while he's talking this, hope is coming. Hope is, you know, and, and it's, it's, it's getting strong, but it needs some substance. Well, he says, well, now, wait a minute. Now, 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 listen, you know, I've been, I've been digging around in the scriptures. I found him in Isaiah 53. I know it's him. I know. I know. I'm going after him. I'm going after him. Come on. 
So what did he do? He did it and he said it and he never said anything different. Not one word. And did he have some opportunities? Jesus went with him. That's good. He said what he had to say. I mean, hey, come on, guys. This place is crammed with people. But he went with one guy. God will move across a million people just to get to you if you have faith-filled words. Hallelujah. He's hungry for you. It pleases him. <laughs> you know why? He gets a kick out of raising little girls from the dead. That's why. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. So he throws himself at Jesus' feet. And Jesus just took off right through the crowd, brushed through everybody, and here he goes. But Jairus right there with him. <laughs> but then he stops. And she talks. And she talks more. And he knows her. Before she got so sick, she used to come to synagogue. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, that woman can talk all day. <laughs> Don't you know the devil? Yeah, yeah. That's so good. You know, this man don't care nothing about you. If he cared anything about you, you'd be down there already. She's going to die before she gets home, before you get there. Your mother-in-law told you she's a fool for coming out here in the first place. But he didn't say anything. He just stood there. Listened to her tell the whole story. But he also knew this woman is just about as near death as his daughter. And look at her now. Look at her now. So, yeah, okay. And then he says, daughter. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He knows he's not, not talking about her being kinfolks. He knows he's talking about her being a daughter of Abraham. She's supposed to be here. She's supposed to prosper. She's not supposed to be poor, broke down, and butchered. And now, man, I'm telling you, this is talking to him. Because this is the stuff he was reading two or three days ago when, he, when, when faith got a hold of him and got him out there at the lakeshore. This is what he's after. And he hears it. But immediately, I mean, you no more than said, behold of that plague, the death messenger comes. Too late. It's over. Too late. Forget it. As soon as Jairus heard, no. 
as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken. Now see, Jesus at Jairus's faith, word, and action, Jesus took over. Now I want you to watch this. He took over. He said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will hear my voice and open up, I will come in and take over. That's covenant talk. When he said, I will come in and sup with him, that in the Middle East means I'll take all the bills, I will provide all the food, I will keep this household. You are my covenant partner. Amen. Jesus answered, <laughs> praise God. On the ruler of the synagogue, now notice he's dealing with death here. How many different things could he have said? But look at what he said dealing with death. He didn't say, have more faith. Yes, sir. Uh-uh. He said, stop the fear. Now, the moment he said it, Jairus was authorized to stop it. Amen. So the faith that got him there is now stop the fear. The moment he heard it, when Jesus said it, that authorized him. When he decided to do it, it empowered him. That's always true. That's what, that's, that is true in all faith transactions. I don't care what God tells you to do. The moment he told you, that qualifies you. Amen. I don't care how big a university he told you to build. That qualified you when he told you to do it. And you said, sir, yes, sir, that paid for it. Amen. Amen. Because he never told you to buy it. He told you to believe for it. Amen. You know, how, how do you buy without money? You remember that scripture? Why are you working so hard for things that perish? Come, buy without money. Who buys without money anyway? Kings. Kings have some guy following them around. They say, get me that. <laughs> I want three of those, nine of those, six of those. I want those blue and that and yellow and that and green and that one red. All Rolls Royces. <laughs> he didn't have to justify that to anybody. He is king. Well, he ain't got any money on him. He tells the servant to get it. Jesus referred to faith as your servant. We're going to look at that in just a moment. But just think about it. Faith cometh. Right? Faith come in the name of Jesus. Comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. You hear the Word. You ain't feeling any different. But you talk to the faith. Come on, faith. Come on, we're hearing the Word. Come on, faith. Come on, come on. Come on here. I'm about to leave the house. Come on here. I'm about to get in the street. Come on. Come on. Get that from me. Hallelujah. 
Get that from me. God says, you go do this. You say, faith, go do it. <laughs> yes, sir. Thank you for my helper, my servant. Now, here he is. Verse 37. I'll tell you what. Let's look at that. Hold your place there. We're coming back. Luke 8, please. I want you to see something that Luke records. Luke 8, 50, when Jesus heard it, He answered, saying, Fear not, or stop the fear. Believe only. Now notice Jesus said back to him what, he, what Jairus had said to him. Huh? What if Jairus said, Ah, oh, Lord, you know she's awful sick. Well, Jesus wouldn't have had anything to say back to him. Because it's your faith. Your, your faith. Your faith. That moved him. Fear not, believe only, and she shall be made whole. That's what he said. I'll tell you, that'll shoot a thrill through you. Glory to God. Amen. Now, let's go back now in Mark's account. And Jesus came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue. And seeing the seeth the tumult, and them that wept and wailed greatly. And when he was come in, he said to them, Why make ye this ado and weep? The damsel is not dead, but sleeps. He called things that be not as though they were. They laughed him to scorn. But when he had put them all out, now, who do you suppose is in this crowd? Huh? There's some mamas and some mom-in-laws. And there's some uncles and aunts. And I don't know, there's all kinds of stuff in this house, man. And they tumulting. Oh, they are, they, are, they are doing only what Middle Eastern people can do. I mean, they are tearing out their hair and clothes. And they're tumulting. And Jesus walked in there and ran them all out. Do you know who I am? Yeah. <laughs> this is your mother talking to you, boy. I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. I'm telling you. I knew you shouldn't have married that. <laughs> Shit. She's the... I'm coming. Aren't you? Oh, Jairus is so thrilled he didn't have to do that. <laughs> oh, man. oh, thank you, Jesus. I've been wanting to do that and couldn't. <laughs> Glory to God. But I'm telling you something, dear heart, when Jesus takes over, things are going to change. Now, <laughs> so he runs them all out. He took the damsel. He put them out, took the father and the mother of the damsel, and them that were with him. He didn't let all of his people in there either. Now, for one thing, some of them had to take care of that crowd. But these three 
had more understanding of what he was doing. This wasn't in place for Thomas. Okay? I'm just using him figuratively. He entered in where the damsel was lying, took her by the hand, and said unto her, now, now, now get this, oh, you got your catchers out? I say unto you, arise. He didn't just say arise. This is faith talking. This is faith-filled words dominating the laws of sin and death. <laughs> I say unto you, He used faith like a mechanic goes to his big toolbox, opens it up. No, 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 yeah, that's the one I'm looking for. And applies it for the situation it is. And, <laughs> and straightway the damsel arose and walked, she was 12 years old, they were astonished with a great astonishment. He charged them straightly that no man should know it and commanded that something should be given her to eat. Praise God. Isn't that a wonderful thing? Now why did he tell them, don't be telling, why, don't be talking about this, don't be telling this. You don't, you don't need to mix with that bunch out there and they got all their stories to tell. You know what happened in here. Keep it to yourself. This is between you and this baby and me and these three men here. Don't be talking this on the street. I've heard people say, well, now you see, Jesus used reverse psychology, knowing that they would speak it far. Folks, he didn't need any help getting a crowd. Number two, he never manipulated anybody. Brother, that's... <laughs> okay, praise God. Can you see where Jairus and the, and the woman did exactly the same thing? We won't turn there, but what about David? When he faced Goliath. Two things. The woman said, and she did. Jairus said, and, she, and he did. He had to go where he was. The woman had to get in the street. They both said it, but they both did it. Amen. What about David? He said, I come at you. You uncircumcised Philistine in the name of the Lord God of Israel, whose armies you have defiled. And then what did he do? The word of God said he began to run. He started after that giant. Well, the giant had something to say. The devil knows these laws and he can't do anything without them. He's stuck with them. But if people will listen and run, then he's got you. Or if he can get you to say what he said, then he can do the work. 
But David ran after him. And then he went worldwide. Glory to God. Yeah, local boy up to then. And he said, furthermore, <laughs> I'm going to feed your carcass to the birds. I'm going to defeat this whole army and the whole world will know there's a God in Israel. And he's a dead man before it ever left his sling. But the rock wasn't the only thing that took him. He walked over, took this guy's sword out. Now, at the shortest measurement that a cubit was measured, he was at least nine feet ten. At the most, he was something in the neighborhood of right at 13 feet tall. Can't you just see? He had to climb up on him. <laughs> took that sword and cut his head off. And he, this, you know, this guy's head's got to be big as a basketball, man. Now, come on. He got him by the hair. Huh? I mean, teeth, hair, and eyeballs everywhere, brother. And he's slinging this guy's head over his his head, and he's running toward that whole crowd of soldiers, shouting, I got him by the Lord God of hosts. I got him. Now, here's what is so ironic. Where was Goliath from? Goth, right? He's got this Philistine army on the run with this guy's head in his hand, and he runs through Downtown Goth. Yeah. Oh, come on. Man. <laughs> Somebody need to shout amen about that. I mean, he goes to the guy's hometown. <laughs> Smacking his head over. That's the way you and I are supposed to be. Amen. Mm. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, glory. Amen. Whosoever can do that. Brother Hagin tells about the Lord Jesus appearing to him back years ago. And during that vision, Brother Hagin asked him, he said, I, I, there's something about the scripture here with the woman, the issue of blood. And he, and he said, I want to know, it, he said, it seemed like I'm not quite getting all of it. Anyway, the long and the short of it was, the Lord answered him and gave him scriptures on it. He said, anyone that'll do what that woman did can receive whatever they desire from God. Anyone. But you're going to have to do those four things. You're going to have to say it. You're going to have to do it. You're going to have to receive it. And then tell it. 
So she, she testified of what happened to her. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. It, it's, it's in the meditating of it. He told Joshua to meditate on it on the word day and night. Now, the, the, the reborn human spirit can and should be educated and developed. You can educate your spirit uh, the, the same as on purpose you educate your mind and train your spirit the way you train your mind or train your body. So one of the things that is so vitally important in the building up, strengthening, and educating of your, your reborn spirit is to meditate. Spend time on these scriptures. Meditate on thinking about these scriptures. He told Joshua to do it night and day. So I was uh, in, in meditation. It, uh, it's not a lot of reading, nor is it study. Now you need study and you need reading and so forth, but meditation is different from that. Meditation is when you begin to do what that woman did. You take what you heard of Jesus and you begin to think about this and you begin to see yourself with that. And, and what happens, meditation causes capacity. Testimonies bring capacity. You hear somebody give their testimony. I believe that's what happened to Jairus that afternoon. He's hearing this woman testify. So you're meditating in the Word, and, and you begin to take it one verse at a time, and you're spending time with that. And uh, I was looking for some notes I made here. Thank you, Lord. Lord, help me with that now. Thank you, sir. Praise you, Lord. Well, let's save that for another time. You take those verses. Well, I'll tell you what let's do. Let's go back over there to Isaiah 40. That's where we begin. And I'll, I'll close with this. <clears throat> well, have you not known? Hmm. Yeah, I've known. Yeah, sure. Have you not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord creator of the ends of the earth, thinks not? Well, yeah, I remember the scripture that said, he never sleeps nor slumbers. No use in both of us being up. I might as well go on to bed here. Amen. And he doesn't faint. And he said he'd never leave me nor forsake me. 
Man, that's good, Lord. He gives power to the faint and to them that have no might, he increases strength. Praise God. He gives power to the faint. Now, how does this apply to me? How does this apply to my situation? It didn't say anything in there. There's no age limit on that. Wow. He increases strength. Praise God. This, yeah. I can see myself doing that. Now I'm in a place where he can start talking to me. I'm quiet. I'm listening. I'm, I'm, I'm listening. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm not a sick man. I, I don't have any sickness or disease in my body, so I'm good there. Hmm. I wonder if a physical body my age will respond to exercise. Well, no, well, no wait a minute. He's, what he's talking about, he said the age didn't have anything to do with it because it said right here that, that, that the young ones faint out. I believe that. Well, make a long story short, thinking like that, meditating on that, working with that. He finally brought me to the place where I made the commitment for the first time in my life to not only get my spirit in perfect spiritual condition, and get my soul in perfect mental condition, but to get this body in perfect physical condition. All my years as an athlete, I never was in all that good of shape. I was sloppy. And, and I, I was heavy. And I power back, I played fullback. So I just worked on my starts real hard and kept the weight. My intention was to kill you if you got in front of me. <laughs> but I, you know, I just, just overcame what, whatever. I never was in any kind of good shape. Too lazy, man. That, that stuff hurts. I don't like to hurt. <laughs> but now by meditating in the Word and thinking about what God had talked to me about, uh, about not staggering at His, his, his Bible fact, there are Bible promises and there are Bible facts that can be stood upon. See, healing belongs to us. That is a Bible fact. Amen. Now, this is a Bible fact. The Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for he is also flesh, yet his days will be 120 years. That's a Bible fact. Somebody have a new living? Got one handy? Well, here, let me just tell you what it says. 
The New Living says, My spirit will not always strive with man, for he is only flesh. Now that was before Jesus went to the cross. Nobody was born again. Nobody was alive spiritually. Spiritual death is being disconnected from God. So he's saying he's only flesh. Well, now that got my attention. And then, then the New Living also says, um, where are my notes on that? He is only flesh. Yeah, let me see that. Thank you, sir. My spirit will not put up with humans for such a long time, for they're only mortal flesh. In the future, are you listening? In the future, their normal lifespan will be no more than 120 years. That changes everything. He never promised me 70 or 80. He just promised me 120 in the flesh. I'm no longer just a mere flesh man. I'm a born again man. My inner man has the strength to do this in the power of God and in the power of His might. See how meditation starts putting these things together? Well, and... and uh, uh, Gloria was preaching healing school one morning, and, and uh, I was back behind the curtain. She began talking about, in the 91st Psalm, with long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. With long life. And she was talking about long life. And she mentioned Genesis 6-3, and then she read the footnote in the Amplified Translation from the 90th Psalm, about three score and ten, four score by and that psalm, it's a very interesting footnote. It, it'd be good to meditate on, on it also. Said Moses was interceding with God trying to take this curse off of these disobedient people in the desert. That's where three score and ten and four score came from. Because they said, He brought us out here to kill us. They said, I wish we could go back to Egypt. They said, we're going to die in this desert. They said it over and over. We're going to die in this desert. We're going to die in this desert. And God finally said, the words that I have heard in my ears are going to happen to you. You're going to die in this desert. And nobody over 20 years old is getting out of here alive. That's where three score and ten came from. And people are still thinking that's a promise from God, three score and ten. And it didn't. His statement was 120. Normal. Normal. No more than 120. Well, we're not normal. Now, I don't know who wants to stay here longer than that, but I, I do if I'm not finished. And I'll tell you why. I, I was seated back there listening to her, and the Lord started talking to me about that, and He said, that's just as much my word as by my stripes you were healed. I said, it is, isn't it? Yeah. 
He said, Kenna, when you were 30 and Brother Roberts laid hands on you and the anointing of this ministry came, did you have the same anointing as you did when you were 40? I said, no, no. It was the same anointing. But man, there's 10 years had gone by. It's one of the biggest 10 years of my life. Well, then by 19, in, in 1977, we began this ministry in 67, 10 years later, see, is when Brother Hagin called me out at the camp meeting and separated me into the office of the prophet. Well, no, I didn't have the same. <laughs> so you can see where he's going here. Then he said, now, did you have the same anointing when you were 40 that you had when you were 50? I, I said, no, no, no. It, 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 all the time, it's increasing all the time, and things are happening. You, 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 revelation comes, and it, you're growing. You're supposed to be growing in the Spirit, and you're growing, you're becoming stronger and things. You hear the same sermon 20 years later, and you get more out of it than you did 20 years ago. Amen. I saw where he was going, but he, he really shocked me with it. He said, the anointings that I have planned to be on my men and women until they are 120 years old. He said, I've planned for anointings all the way up to that time and beyond. But the anointings for 90, 100, 110, 115, he said, they're not in the earth and I do not have advantage of those mighty anointings in the earth. Oh, it, it, it saddened me to think about it. Man, he, there ought to be somebody here. Boy, think what a... Abraham Lincoln said, the Constitution of the United States is an abstract truth good for all men for all time. Well, then Woodrow Wilson comes along, and he's a progressive socialist, and, and he says, now, uh, and he repeated Mr. Lincoln, and he said, but now I'm, I debate with Mr. Lincoln, uh, the, the Constitution of the United States is truth, all right, but it is not abstract truth. It is progressive truth and must be changed with the times. What if he had to face Mr. Lincoln and tell him that? Hmm? Had Mr. Lincoln lived 120 years, he would have been here and said, Hey, come here, sonny boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's talk about this. Uh, sir, uh, I, no, I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, after all, you know, you're, you're a whole lot older than me. 
Glory to God. Can you see what God's missed all this time? We've been dying out of 78 or just about the time we can get old enough to know something and, and we're gone. And here comes some other squirt along and mess, mess up what you did and you weren't here long enough to build a big enough house to keep the guy from, from sinking it. So I said, okay, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> I commit to this. Well, that started giving birth to all these, these other meditations and so forth. I got the, you know, this, this body, I got 41 more years to deal with this thing. Well, then the devil starts trying to talk me out of it when I turn 70. He starts trying to talk me into dying like we can folks. I, I had a brand new bullet in my gun. <laughs> <laughs> My sword just got sharpened only yesterday. <laughs> yeah, devil. Holiest! A hundred and twenty, not seventy-five or eighty. But you need to be meditating on it. Thinking about it. Talking to yourself about it. And go into the book of Philippians and say, I don't fret. I refuse to be anxious about anything, particularly about being 79 or 80 years old. No, I don't fret or be anxious. But in all things through prayer and thanksgiving, I continue to make my wants known to you. Now you just keep meditating on that. Just keep, and, and you're talking that, talking that. What's happening? Capacity. Strengthen with his might <laughs> by his spirit in your inner man. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory.